We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good afternoon, everyone. So today's readings um, really are all about, there's a double meaning. It's about, especially our gospel, is about the end of the temple, which will mirror the end of time. One note we'll to that in just a second. But before we, we get in there, just, just one note that I want to point out, a particular line in our gospel. So is, do you ever laugh at everyone, like every so often, there's someone who comes out and knows when the end of the world is, right? And you realize this means yes, this means no, right? Um, I, if you're anything like me, you just don't pay any attention to it, except once. The only time I've ever thought this could really be right is there was one prediction about the end of the world that it, the world was going to end on the day I was ordained a priest. <laughs> it really was. There were signs all over Denver predicting the end of the world for May 21st, 2011. And I was like, this could be it. <laughs> really could be it. And I remember the day I was ordained a priest, Archbishop Schaap, he started the homily and he was like, well, you guys could be the, the, you know, the group of priests that's the shortest, has the shortest priesthood in the history of the world. Uh, didn't happen. But Jesus today, right, in our, in our gospel, people love sensationalism. They love, we love things that are dramatic. We all do. And so it's, it's an easy thing to kind of pursue that. Today in the gospel, Jesus talks about this. He says, Take heed that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not Go after them. I don't know why it's so hard. You have a lot of people who read the Bible, and they, but they think they know the end of the world. And I always say, all they have to do is read Luke 21 or Mark 13 to know that Jesus says, no one knows the day. Okay, so that's, that's just a little note. Now, here's the main thing I want you to think about today. I just, in RCIA, every year, we talk about 2 Samuel 7, and we just did that this week. Now, in 2 Samuel 7, when I think of that chapter, it makes me think of The Sandlot. One, like, top ten movie, if you haven't seen it, right, you can't be in full communion with the Catholic Church <laughs> until you've seen The Sandlot. But there's this great scene in The Sandlot, and uh, these boys are in this treehouse, and there's a baseball that goes over a fence, and one of the kids talks about how long the baseball is going to be over there, right? And the baseball is going to be on the other side of the fence forever, right? Forever. And we talk about that in our CIA because it's, that movie was made about the gospel. But today I just want to talk about that. I want to talk about all of us in a natural human tendency is that human beings, and this is, this is profound stuff, you were made for eternity. 
You were made for eternity. There is something in the human heart and in the human soul that longs for what is eternal. And today what we, I want to talk about is that if you don't realize that the only person who can hold eternity is God, you're going to do strange things. And if you don't reflect on that fact that our only hope for eternity comes from Christ himself, you'll go off the rails one direction or another. We always want to do something that, that, that is eternal. Balthazar talks about how men and women, we always want to write our words in stone. Right? When, and as you age, as you get older, you want to say things that last. Things that matter, that, don't, that aren't affected by time. Right? So the most natural thing on earth is when you go for a hike. Right? And you're in the wilderness and you come across a stone or a tree, and there's two people's, you know, names written, you know, Joe and Mary, forever, right? And I go, and I'm like, Brian, forever. <laughs> I don't ever do that. But it's a natural thing. We want to say something that's going to last. We want to touch eternity with our lives, I want to do this. One of the ways I do this, right? Priests, like a simple thing. I love our renovation of our church. And I don't want some chump to follow me and change things that are bad decisions. So our altar weighs 2,800 pounds. Good luck moving that, right? Because it's in the place it belongs. Priests do things like this. We want to, we want to say something that says this is true. This is eternal. And here's the main thing I want to say to you today, brothers and sisters. Only God can do that. Only God can say things that are eternal. You and I, we want to say, we want to think that everything lasts. Right? There, what's that Taylor Swift song? We, we never go out of style. I know you know it. Don't pretend you don't. Right? We never go out of style. We always want to say that. We're eternal. We have things that last. Brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian, we don't believe that. And what I want to challenge you on today is this. Is what we always hope God will do is we pray, God, I'm on the right path, and what I want you to do is bless my path. Right? So I'll be in my holy hour during the week you know, in the morning, and, and I'm still waiting for God to say, Brian, so awesome, great job. Your next assignment is Maui. <laughs> and you get a raise, right? And I don't know, and you're, you're not going to age anymore. Your hair's going to come back, whatever it might be. We love that kind of prayer, but here's my message to you today. Today, Jesus is walking in the temple in our gospel. And if there's ever a building in the history of the world that's said forever, it's probably the temple in Jerusalem. The temple in Jerusalem, this is crazy. If you, if you want to understand today's gospel, you have to understand what that building meant for Jews. 
The, the temple is the most important structure that could possibly exist. It can only exist in that one place, which is why there's not a new one. In the book of Deuteronomy, God commands the Jews it can only be in that space. Why? The Jews believe that God created the world in a certain sense from that spot. They call the stone the temple was built on, sometimes it's referred to as the foundation stone of the whole world. That is the place where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. The temple was the place that heaven touched earth. It was the center of the universe. It also, it's, it's fascinating, if you study the time of Christ, the temple took up 25% of Jerusalem. Imagine that. Imagine if one quarter of Denver was the cathedral. That's what the temple was. And Jesus today says, and that the, the apostles are walking through the temple, and they're saying, look, Lord, this is an amazing building, and it's about God. And Jesus says, there will not be one stone here on another that will not be cast down. And here's what I want to say to you, brothers and sisters. I always pray, God, God just... Am I going to move from one step to the next, from glory to glory, on and on? You and I don't believe that. God sometimes, for him to bring the eternal word of truth into our lives, brothers and sisters, he has to tear down. Another way of saying this is that you and I we don't believe in that word that's so popular, which is progress. We don't believe that human beings just are on this onward march. Shout out to our philosophers. This is Hegel, who believe we go from one thing to the next and upward and onward. Christians believe that at some point, we get ourselves in a mess. We try to build the Tower of Babel. We say, I can build a temple or a tower with its, its top in the heavens. Brothers and sisters, because God loves us, in the end, and hopefully before that, he has to do some tearing down in our lives. And here's the good news. He tears down only to build something far greater. So the, why is the temple torn down? The temple is torn down because there can only be one temple and the Jews cannot build the true temple. Because the true temple is the body of Jesus Christ. Right? And the Jews couldn't build that. The day you were baptized, you were inserted into the body of Christ, which means that you are a temple of the living God. When you dwell in a state of grace, God's presence dwells in you. And so the old temple that was made of stone had to go, because there can only be one temple. So Origen says this. He says, thus God does not live in a place, nor on the earth, but he dwells in the heart. And if you are looking for the place of God, a clean heart is his place. Amazing. 
Jesus today prophesies the destruction of the temple that happened in the year 70 AD. And here's my word to you, brothers and sisters, we get so attached. And the call of God today is that no matter how good the thing you're attached to, it has to be second to him. Only God can say things and can do things that are eternal. Only God can raise you from death. And what we want to do is we want to pretend that we can build it ourselves. By the way, a quick side note on this. I think this is one of the central reasons our politics are so ugly today. Our politics are ugly because we don't believe in heaven. And since there is no heaven... We have to build it ourselves. And so the stakes are high because all we have is this earth. And can I remind you today, you are not a Democrat. You are not a Republican. You are a Christian. And you do not believe that human beings can build the kingdom of God. Only Christ can do that. So in your life, when you have hard things, you know, people come to me and they say, Father Brian, like, if God loves me, why is he doing this? Why did he take this relationship from my life? Why, why is this so hard? Maybe he's tearing down something that needed to be torn down. Maybe it was something that was really good. The temple was good, but it needed to go to give way to something greater. I remember in seminary, there was a period in seminary where I just thought, everything is so perfect. I had this great, great course of studies. I had a lot of friends. And I remember on Sundays, we would go to Deacon Daryl's house every Sunday, our group of friends. And I never wanted it to end. We'd have brunch, and it was just this time in my life where I thought, this is just, this is incredible. But it had to end. It had to be taken out of my life for something greater to come. Our one attachment has to be to God. And I want to leave you with this, the final one. Today's, today's readings, are so many things we could touch on. The final thing that God's going to take from you is your earthly life. Right? He's going to take that from you someday. It could be today. It could be 50 years from now. Who knows? None of us knows. He's going to take that from you just like he took that temple. St. Jose Maria Escriva says this, don't be afraid of death. Accept it from this day on, generously, when God wills it, where God wills it. Believe me, it will come at the time, in the place, and in the way that are best. Sent by your Father, God. Sometimes the Lord, and this is the, one of the harder things in Christianity, but brothers and sisters, sometimes God has to tear down the things that we have built so he can bring us true salvation. There will be an end to time. There will be an end to your life. And the best thing you can do now is to let him tear down the things that are not of him so that he can be first today.
So Jesus, we pray for that, Lord, and we pray for detachment. Lord, there are so many things that I love that could get in the way of my love for you. And Lord, I often think, I always think I can build something that lasts, something that's going to outlast my life and something that is, that is true and eternal. But Jesus, I know that only you can do that. And so Lord, I surrender I surrender my attempts to be God. I surrender my attempts to be someone who's eternal. Lord, may I give you my life and my time that I may have your eternity. Let us now stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, 